Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Music for a Book podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Britt. And I'm Hannah. And every two weeks, we read and review a book, assign a song to that book, draw the parallels between the two, and have some fun along the way. So welcome back to our 11th episode. Yes, and it is our Christmassy seasonal episode number one. Um, So we're excited to have you guys here. Welcome. So... How this episode is going to work is we will go over trigger warnings and a brief synopsis of the book, reveal our song choices, and then from there we are going into a spoiler-filled territory. Everything we talk about will be spoilers in the book, so we're going to talk about it cover to cover. At that point, that will be your chance to kind of dip out if you want to read the book on your own, or you can stay and hang out if you've read the book or if you're just here to hang and see what we thought of The Christmas Murder Game by Alexandra Benedict. Yes, we will be definitely gossiping about this book because there's so many different things that I feel like are foreshadowed or like character development that I'll probably want to talk about when it first happens even though it happens later in the the book so absolutely um (laughs) it was a quick read so if you have time and you want to get something that's like Christmassy but not like a Hallmark Christmas book that was a good good option for you yeah this was think of this as like a lifetime take on a Hallmark true crime Christmas situation. Yes. That's how I would describe this. <laughs> I like it. Dear Reader. All right. So for trigger warnings for this one, like the title says, murder, uh, death, uh, death of a parent, there is some talk about suicide, pregnancy, and some incest. That incest. We'll, we'll talk it, about that later. Yeah, don't let the incest... I mean, if that's a really big trigger for you, then, you know, definitely step away. But yeah. don't let it kind of fool you. It's not... Yeah, well, it's not as prominent it, as you think it might yeah, be. Yeah, but we always like to um, let you know the triggers because everybody's different. We want to make sure that you're comfortable reading any book that we put out there. Absolutely. All right. I'm going to read a synopsis of the book. This is actually on the back of the physical copy of the book. So here we go. 12 clues, 12 keys, 12 days of Christmas. But how many will die before 12th night? The annual Christmas game is afoot at Endgame House, the Amortage's grand family home. This year's prize is to die for, deeds to the house itself. But Lily Amortage has no intention of returning. She hasn't been back to Endgame since her mother died 21 years ago, and she has no intention of claiming the house that haunts her dreams. Until, that is, she receives a letter from her aunt promising that the game's riddles will give her the keys not only to Endgame, but to its darkest secrets, including the identity of her mother's murderer. Now, Lily must compete with her estranged cousins for the 12 days of Christmas. The snow is thick, the phone lines are down, and no one is getting in or out. Lily will have to keep her wits about her because not everyone is playing fair, and there's no telling how many will die before the winner is declared. Dun, dun, dun. All right. <laughs> now we're going to reveal to you our songs. Yes. Brit, I'm you want to go first? I'm going to go first. So I am swinging back around to Miss Taylor Swift herself. I had to. So I ended up picking Evermore by Taylor Swift. Such a good song. Mm-hmm. I love that song. I did go off Taylor. I chose to be festive and I chose a Christmas song. So I chose Please Come Home for Christmas, the Kelly Clarkson's cover. Ooh, love me some Kelly. Yes, because Kelly is great. So we love the festivities. Mm -hmm. All right. We are now entering spoiler zone. The 12 days of Christmas murder edition. It's starting. So if you don't want to have the big reveal happen, you want to read it on your own, pause, come back. If you're ready to just dive in, you read the book or you're here for vibes, we got you. Let's do this. So one thing I want to point out is to me in my head, the 12 days of Christmas are leading up to Christmas. Correct. But in this book, it's the 12 days of Christmas are starting on Christmas. Yes. Yeah. Um I'm not sure if this is like a like a British thing or 
what this is an english book so i don't know like their traditions or or what it was but in my head 12 days of christmas lead up to christmas nope it is the 12 days of christmas starts on christmas no according to wait i always thought i always thought it was leading up to christmas yeah i think it's like you know, in, like, the U.S., we talk about, like, the 24 days of Christmas. Yeah. You know, kind of the leading up to it. hmm The book actually opens up with a couple of precursors to the actual story itself. One, we get a map of the house that's laid out, like, the clue game board. And it does actually nothing to help with figuring out what's going on in the book. No. We've talked about how, like... <laughs> We love maps. And I was excited. I was like, okay, cool. We're probably going to have to solve a mystery with these maps. No. Skip the map. Does nothing. Correct. There is the Armitage family tree. And so this is helpful to explain everyone. So we'll probably be referencing this as we introduce the characters and things like that. And then also, it is called the game within the Christmas murder game. So there are, in the game... There's 12 days of anagrams. So you're tasked with, as you're reading to it, trying to figure out where these anagrams are. So they're kind of sporadically hidden in the chapters that associate with that particular day. So the first day of Christmas, you would find the anagram for a partridge in a pear tree. For example, it would be like, you know, the anagram of my true love sent to me is Navlet Sore Tummy. Like... You know, it looks out of place. And then the author also put title deeds. So there are titles from 12 of her favorite country house mysteries set in Christmas throughout the book. And I'm going to be so honest. I knew none of them and I did not. I didn't get them. Yeah. I sure did not. I did not either. But it's fun. Like, I like when authors put kind of like a fun spin on their book, like uh, something within their book. Yeah. Can we briefly talk about the name of the house yeah it bothered me so much i have to say i want to be your end game (laughs) i want to be your first string i just was like for me this house had supposedly been in this family for how long and you're telling me back in like whatever year this was purchased or this was in the family that they named it Endgame house right and to it'd be interesting to know the history on it because it was a conference center for a while and yeah the conference at Endgame. yeah i don't unclear but uh, this book is something that i going in took it 100 percent as it was at face value i knew this wasn't going to be the greatest literary novel I've ever picked up in my life. I figured it would be something fun. Yeah. So that's how I took everything. Yes, definitely. <laughs> when you start like Christmas thriller, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's like those, the Christmas romances, like, you know what you're getting, mm-hmm. you know, so. All right. So our book opens on December 24th, Christmas Eve, and we're introduced to our main character, Lily, who Lily is one of her six cousins that are going to be at the house competing for it. Um, And Lily is the oldest cousin, and she just so happens to be born in 1989, just like our girl Taylor. We love. But Lily is the oldest cousin, um, and from her mom is the oldest daughter, too. There's three Um, children three parents from that generation and so in this first chapter we kind of get an idea of like how lily's living like just kind of by herself she's a dressmaker Uh, there's a character aunt liliana that she says she doesn't want to let her down again so she you know decides that she's going to go back to endgame house and you know do the Christmas games with her cousins. And she gets this letter from Aunt Liliana, which sways her decision. She, you know, hasn't really talked to her family. She's been estranged from them. But she gets this letter and it kind of pushes her to like, okay, I will go back. I will find out. And the letter reveals that her mother may not have committed suicide 
but it may have been murdered, and that these games will reveal her mother's murderer. Dun dun dun. Oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> so, on her way to Endgame, it's snowing heavily. It is setting the stage, right? And she is driving her little her little beat up car, really just driving home. You know, she's going to this grand mansion that's in her family, but she's struggling as her in her little designer life. And on her way there though, she actually almost runs into a deer. And that's a very interesting moment. She really was basically like, oh, well, if this is the end, I'll just let it take me. I'm like, we are on page five, right? Yeah. Are. And like the thing, though, is to it, I'm like, OK, it's not in first person. So I'm like, maybe something will happen to our main character. Yeah, that, that was my thought is I was like, she is not safe because we don't mm -hmm. have it from her perspective, which that was yes. my, my thought. Yep. And the deer is safe. They're both safe. But she finally gets up to Endgame House. Again, she had no interest in going there. But her Aunt Liliana died. And the letter arrived two days after her aunt died. And there's just things that she thought she had left in the past just kind of get drummed up. And she feels like, again, not for the house, not for any other reason, but to figure out what happened to her mom and have closure is why she's heading there. So she said it's kind of even darker than she remembered it being. Like, it is described as a hulking 17th century gray manor house made from marble and limestone that once, she was many times told as a child, seemed to glow at dawn and at dusk. And now it absorbs all the light around it and keeps its secret close. And the curtains are drawn on many windows. Ready or not, here she comes. Like, it, it's just this ominous, like, overseer of a house. Like, it holds everything tight within its walls. A lot of secrets happen there. And that is our introduction to Endgame House, where we will be spending the rest of the book. Lily is the first to arrive at the house. Greeted by Isabel, who was one of her friends back when she used to live at Endgame House. So Isabel is going to be the facilitator of the game. So she has like clear instructions from Aunt Liliana and the cousins start to arrive. So this is where we're introduced to the cousins, who they are, and just a little bit about them. Bringing it back to our family tree. Lily is the daughter of Mariana and that is her only child. They don't know who the father was. And so Lily has no idea who her father was. And then we have Liliana, who had passed away and is the one running this final Christmas game at Endgame. She was married to Robert. They had two children. They had Gray. And then they also had Sarah. <laughs> Sarah. We both also partially listened to this on audio and kind of read along. So in the audio, because it is in British English, it was Sarah. But we both read it as Sarah because, you know, American. Yes. So... <laughs> and then the other child was Edward. He married Veronica. And then the children here were Thomas, Rachel, and then Ronnie. Rachel brought her wife, Holly. And then Ronnie brought his wife, Philippa. And so that was kind of the brief introduction to the cousins that we have. So, yeah, we have the cousins, we have Isabel, and then we have Mrs. Castle, who... Even though Isabel is the facilitator of these games, Mrs. Castle is the one who is there every day, ensuring that the clues are handed out, that they're eating on time, that they're following the rules, and things like that. So this is our big cast of characters that we have in here as we head into the Christmas games. Yep. And these cousins were all really close when they were growing up, too. Mm-hmm. So when Lily's mom um, passed away... Liliana adopted Lily. And so she grew up with Sarah and Gray. And she was really close to Ronnie and Thomas and not so close to Rachel. So she, you know, is getting excited to see 
Ronnie and Tom. Yeah. I haven't seen them in a while. She describes too, like when they were growing up, they used to play these Christmas games. They loved games growing up. She was always really good at them and almost too good that people like kind of thought she was weird almost. So she stopped, kind of hung back a little bit when they were playing the games. So she doesn't Mm -hmm. like her focus for these Christmas games is to kind of be that fly on the wall to definitely solve it, but not for the same goal that her cousins have. Yep. Because the goal of this game is ultimately to win the endgame house. So whichever cousin is able to solve all 12 clues and get the 12 keys, they're going to be the ones that ultimately win the title to the house. Yeah. And something else to note too, that even if you get like three of the keys, you might not get the key that actually unlocks the deed. So it is just kind of like a game of chance and skill. Even though everyone's kind of like fighting over everything, there's a big chance that even if you got half the keys, you only have a 50% shot at getting the house at the end. So it is definitely very cutthroat in terms of the people who are there for the house. You can tell that they are there for the house. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff in here that like really sets up the stage for the game itself, like the actual rules that the characters have to abide by and things that as the reader are like cool to know, but we didn't necessarily need every detail of, but I think it was just to make it more of like an immersive experience. But for the sake of the podcast, we'll be skipping over pretty much all of it, minus a few pertinent details and talking more about how they move through major things that happen. Isabel goes through and reads them the notes that Liliana left behind, which were, you know, riddled with riddles, basically, because that's who she was. And then they go over the rules of the last Christmas game. And so the rules are you have to stay in the house from Christmas Eve until the 12th day of Christmas. If you leave the grounds, you're out of the race. You have to solve clues by yourself. One riddle is received each day of the 12 days. So they look forward to the riddle that's being presented to them. They lead to a key. And again, these keys will help them in there. Now, you can throw the keys together or you can keep them to yourself. It is entirely up to you. But again, only one key opens it. And then on the 5th of January, once the 12 clues have been given, one of them will open the door to a secret room. And then there will be a major clue given. And inside the secret room, you have to find the deeds. Isabel will make an appearance. The winner wins the house. Everyone rejoices, except no one rejoices. No. (laughs) No one rejoices. Little Bean rejoices. (laughs) Little Bean does rejoice. So part of these rules, too, they have their phones taken away. So they are not allowed to, like, contact the outside world. Um, Really, Mrs. Castle is their, like, go-to person if they need anything she's there to take care of them you know they give up all their electronic devices and they are ready to start playing they you know pop some champagne that night they get ready they're just having a good night that first night we learned too like kind of some of the characteristics of some of these people like sarah immediately shut up sarah stop talking literally no one wants to hear it she is So the one thing that I will say is I feel like the characters were pretty one-dimensional and they fit a specific archetype or box or stereotypical role that they were supposed to fit. Sarah fit the quintessential like mean snotty cousin came from Mm -hmm. a like a better upbringing basically. Gray who was her brother would you know keep the peace calm her down smooth things over. And then we have Tom, who is like the smooth talking cousin, the one that everyone like the cool guy of the group. And then there's Rachel, who ended up being like the chill lesbian, because there's always got to be one gay cousin like in the group. (laughs) And Ronnie's just like the quintessential dude that's just kind of there. He's like, I feel like he wasn't heavily involved in much. No. Well, I mean, he didn't. He didn't have much time to be heavily involved in much, let's be honest here. And then Mrs. Castle is the quintessential housekeeper, you know, keeps everyone in their place, makes sure everyone knows what they're doing. I don't know. I just, there wasn't a whole lot to these characters. No. Can I just, I'm going to reveal a couple things right now. Do it. Do it. Let's do it. 
I thought it was interesting how they touched on like the like LGBT characters. Yes. I wanted more from it, but I didn't want too much from it. But, you mm-hmm. know, Rachel is like, you know, your gay cousin that married happy there. And then um, Lily is bi. She does mm-hmm. have feelings for a woman as well. And then I love that Mrs. Castle, too, was like Liliana's lover. And like, I know. was revealed and I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I know, I did love like the the themes of that throughout. Mm-hmm. But I did love that little like fun little nod and twist at the end. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just feel like all of these characters played a specific role and fit a very particular box. Mm-hmm. Like they they were assigned to it and they fulfilled the duties that that character was you know meant to fulfill and the yeah. story ready to go which it kind of reminded me of clue in that sense right so it was like you know mr green True. mrs white mm-hmm. professor plum like just that they had very specific roles and that's kind of how yeah. i like put these characters in my head too like you know sarah ronnie like they had those specific things that were about them that i thought was interesting so they also talk about after the you know the rules are read lily has to actually sign a note saying that she is giving up her rights as like the heir to the house basically so when grandma and grandpa were around when they passed away it went to mariana who is lily's mom and so when mariana died technically it would go to lily so lily still has rights if she wanted to claim it but lily doesn't want the house so she does sign over that it gives up her rights and all of her heirs like if she has any kids and she asks mm-hmm. like a weird question like so if i was pregnant at the time of signing what would that mean and that yeah. was interesting because it, it says like if a child was already conceived then your aunt's old will would still stand which would mean that yes lily would get the house automatically and at the end of that chapter we find out that Lily is actually pregnant. I we I need to know how many books we've read for this season that include a pregnancy. I know. I've said it before. I, well, I'm not <laughs> not a fan of the pregnancy trope unless it's like done very subtly or you know, it really mm-hmm. moves the story along. I didn't feel like in this story it was necessary. Correct. But yeah, we we've had a lot of I think a lot of pregnancies. This, uh, I think maybe like two or three haven't had it at all. Other than that, <laughs> all of them. We're gonna have to shake a tally on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a moment they're all like having fun before the clues kind of start. They're singing karaoke. They're drinking. Lily's not drinking, but neither is Ronnie. Some people thought that was weird. Ronnie is not drinking, but people thought Lily not drinking was a little strange some mm-hmm. of them raise their eyebrows at that oh there's a moment where lily like gets really sick and she thinks she may have had a miscarriage philippa and tom are the ones that help her because she like mm-hmm. kind of like falls over doesn't feel good and when they like loosen her corset they kind of notice that she is showing a little bit so mm-hmm. they do talk to her about it that they know but she doesn't tell everybody while they're like drinking and eating dinner, we kind of get some of their, their back and forth where like Sara doesn't toast to Aunt Liliana. She's kind of like jealous that no, I told her about the secret room and they kind of just all go back and forth and Great kind of finally has enough of it. And he's like pretty quiet throughout most of throughout most of the book. But then he finally just like at dinner once they're guy going back and forth and bickering, he just yells, stop it. This kind of like gets them to all quiet down and focus. And dinner is served right after that. But I just think it like kind of just shows that there's a lot going on in this house. That tensions are high between cousins. Like there's really no like camaraderie it feels like. Yep. And there's also some like weird happenings that Lily kind of notices. Like when she's sleeping at night she hears kind of like what she describes as like a scratching coming from inside the walls. Just like odd things that... The house just feels very heavy and very ominous, a little off. So that was just interesting. And then it's Christmas Day and we get the first clue. People are like, (laughs) they get the clue and they were like, what are we supposed to do with this? What kind of clue is this? 
And of course, Lily is like, she knows. Like, she can see, she's always been great at puzzles. And they kind of talk and they're like, so are we going to like, are we going to work together? Like, what's going on? But then they realize that Sarah's already solved it. And no one wants Sarah to win. Not one person wants Sarah to get this. So Lily is like, don't worry. I've got it too. We got this. So they're just going to follow, you know, they're like, oh, don't worry. We'll just follow everyone. And basically every time a clue comes through, it is like a goddamn free for all in this place. Try like it is not subtle because they all receive the clue at the same time. So when one of them figures it out and then takes off to that particular place of the home inside or outside it like <laughs> i don't know they all just go together yeah. right and it's to be noted too like these clues are like set in a very like poetic way and so mm -hmm. what happens with this first clue is everybody takes it at like face value so like one of the lines is where animals are stiff and laid to rest so everyone runs out to like the graveyard where they bury the animals mm -hmm. where lily's like uh that's not right like you need to read yeah. between the lines and kind of figure out what it what the clue is actually saying. So I thought that was kind of funny too that everyone just took it at face value and was like, "All right, let's go." They all kind of like, even though they're not technically supposed to, they do all kind of work together. Their driving force is basically like, think how pissed off Sarah will be if you find the key and not her. Which I did love that petty energy. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah. So Lily figures out the clue. They um, find the key, but she... So the first key is in her mom's bedroom. And she's not ready to face that yet. So she does have Tom, who she works closely with during these games. Tom goes in the room and finds the key. It's wrapped up in fabric, which we find out is a coat later on. And so Tom is technically the first winner of the key. And Lily gets this jacket she recognizes it as the jacket that her mom was wearing um the day that she died so she lily found her mom in the maze that's on endgame property with her wrist slit and so there's like blood on this jacket still so it kind of throws lily off a little bit lily knows that these clues are also going to help her to figure out her mom's murder so this is one of the clues that she okay. has right now but with the coat too you notice is that like blood on the sleeves like yes doesn't look right he says that it kind of looks out mm -hmm. of place and she thinks like maybe she should wash it and like all of these feelings of her mom kind of drum up when she found her in the maze so she does kind of wander outside and thinks like you know her mom used to say you'll find the answers in the maze just things like that of her childhood and she sees the ice house which Okay, this is where I would have loved a bigger map of the actual grounds themselves because we only get the inside of the house that, again, looks just like a Clue game board, which I actually thought was cool, but, like, not relevant to helping me place where these things are. But she goes into the ice house. Then all of a sudden she hears footsteps behind her and the door relocks and latches and she can't get out because she is now locked inside of this ice house and it's completely dark in here tom comes to her rescue so she is like drifting off to sleep just like just kind of accepting her fate that she's trapped in here and so tom unlocks it and Liz like somebody trapped me in here like the bolt was drawn across mm -hmm. somebody trapped me in here and he's like he's like yeah i don't i don't know so after they get they enjoy Christmas, like a Christmas dinner, the best that they can as a feuding family over the deeds to a house in a Christmas game where you have to fight for clues I, as best you can. So Lily wakes up in the morning on December 26th to screaming. She's like, okay, this is a bad dream. I'll figure it out. No, the scream is coming from the floor below her. So she gets out of bed she goes downstairs she sees tom she sees holly and rachel and everyone is freaking out because they look down and they see that ronnie his hands are covered in blood and there's blood in the corridor down the hall and he's holding his wife philippa's head her eyes are open 
and she is dead. There is a knife in her and everyone is panicking. Obviously. Our first casualty. Our first, first casual death. They call for an ambulance. Come to find out. They're snowed in. They can't call an ambulance. And they just have to sit there over the course of the next 10 additional days with dead bodies inside of the house. Yep. Because yep. the phone lines are down, so they can't even call. Like, um, they don't have their cell yep. phones. Isabel took them. So it's just... And, yep, there they are. And Ronnie, like, obviously is having a full-blown meltdown because his wife is dead. And is killed by someone who is in the house. Or an outsider, as they try to make you believe. But I'm like, there's no fucking outsider in this house. Someone, no, one of y'all did this. Like, why would anybody do that? Sarah, being the the lovely girl she is, they're like, call an ambulance. And Sarah's like, oh, it's too late for that, mate. Like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Because she's a piece of shit. (laughs) And... Yeah, so they end up, they argue for a while about whether or not they're going to move her or anything like that. And they end up putting her on ice, correct? Mm -hmm. They take her to the ice house. Yeah, they take her to the ice house. They keep her on ice so she doesn't decompose, dear God, inside of the house. And, um, you know, as casually as that happens, they all just casually move on and try to find the rest of the keys. Yeah, Um, they do try to... (laughs) like leave though too to try to get help they're like all right the phone lines are down let's see let's you know a couple of them are like let's see if we can make it yep and they get to the end of the driveway and a tree has fallen but we find out that the tree was correct cut down um so blocking their way out that they can't leave so um they're screwed so yeah we have um one dead and we're only on chris or uh, boxing day as they say so that's fun. So not only did they find Philippa on Boxing Day, Boxing Day is also the anniversary of Mariana's death. So Lily just feels like she can't escape anything. The maze, the events that happened 21 years ago when her mom died. The only thing kind of holding her to reality is Bean. So she calls her baby Bean, which is really cute. Tries to ground herself, but because, like Hannah said, she noticed that the blood stains were not like something was off about the blood stains. So she had put the coat in the bath and it was soaking to see if something would happen. And she checks and she sees that the blood stains have almost all gone away, which means they actually were not blood stains because they just don't come out like that. The way that Lily dresses, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a little over the top. Just a little. Like, her corsets with, like, these big dramatic dresses. I picture everybody else being, like, super casual. And then she just comes in with, like, this ball gown. I mean, they mentioned, like, iPads. So it's definitely, like, (laughs) a normal, a normal thing. But we must, we must, uh, we must carry on with the games. Mrs. Castle is like, well, (laughs) we wait for no one. Like, yeah, time to move on. So here we are. Another clue for you. (laughs) Another clue to a key. And Tom and Lily kind of like band together through this now. Everyone's kind of on edge. Obviously, someone was literally just murdered. And so they band together. And even Gray kind of like loosens up a little bit. Sarah's still herself through the entirety of this book. Lily technically finds the key, but Sarah snatches it before she can open the box. So Sarah technically gets the second key. Sarah. One of the keys was given to Philippa before she died. So Mm -hmm. they also are like, where is the key? Where is that key? Like, you know, they want (laughs) to go like raid the room, but Ronnie's still there. And just trying to figure out where this key was that was um, given to her for like safekeeping. It just kind of. I feel like this whole situation was, like, just showing me that people just don't care. Like, they are just focused on getting the house. Like, they don't care that yeah. their cousin's wife, you know, just died. That was Just murdered. died. So it just makes me like, okay, somebody in this house obviously murdered her. And who 
did it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. my gut instinct was correct with this. I was not shocked Same. who the murderers were. Same. But I don't know how you could have twisted it, though. Like, I feel like yeah, you would have there's... had to have, like, an outsider be the twist to me. I feel like you... I mean, the only way that I think that this could have been super twisted is if Mrs. Castle or Lily ended up being the murderer. Yeah, I was going to say Lily was the murderer. Because, again, this is written in third person. So we don't have her perspective. Mm-hmm. So we very easily could have missed... She could have gone on, like, a a rampage yeah. in her mother's honor. But, yeah, I mean, it, we're, we're what? Like, we're 145 pages in now. And I think I figured out who it was... Probably page like 35, 40, somewhere in that. Yeah. It was like an immediate, like, if it's not, I would be very surprised. So the third clue that they get is Liliana spelling out Mariana's death in clue form, which was horrific. So poor Lily is like, you know, upset about this. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Like, no. Like, Liliana, I know you want to kind of, you know, give her clues and help her, but, you know, bringing up that trauma is just not, not cool. No, but she's dead. So what does she care now? <laughs> right. So Gray's a very interesting yeah. person. So Gray, like, like we said, kind of keeps quiet, has these gray eyes, which is where he got his name from. Um, just like this mysterious character. Uh, we find out that he is actually training to be an undertaker. So like dealing with dead bodies. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lily finds him outside smoking and is like, you know, glad that you were here for Philippa, that you were able to take care of her. And she notices, too, that he has, like, bandages on his arms, and she's kind of worried that he's been, like, cutting. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of addresses it with him, and he's like, no, 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 I had an accident. I slipped while chopping wood. And I just thought that was really suspicious. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, because these two were somewhat close. So if, like, he was um, going through something, I think he would op- be open with her. So I was like, oh, his yeah. response is a little a little sketchy. You know, he makes a comment saying that, like, she, like, their cousin was his first proper dead person. Well, he just kind of watches him walk away and just, I don't know. It was just a very weird interaction with me. Like, I feel like Gray was just done so dirty in this book. Yeah, and... Like I said, he was kind of like the peacekeeper to Sarah, and we got to see those little glimpses of him, but I, like, I think he could have been a cooler character. Like, he was definitely interesting, he kept in the background, but if he had a more prominent showing, at least through, like, the first half of the book, yeah, I feel like it would have been a little bit more interesting. There is something that happens that's very interesting on the fourth day of Christmas. Lily wakes up and hears Sarah having sex with someone in a house full of family members so can we talk about that for a second can we talk about that for a second can we just talk about it can we reveal it let's do it i don't care it's fucking tom ew ew Ew. grossed the f out they're first cousins i know i just think about mean girls like you have your first cousins (laughs) and then you have your second cousins no, it's it's uh, you have your cousins. Is, oh, then you, so have, you have your yeah. cousins, and then you have your first cousins. <laughs> and she's like, no, "No, sweetie, that's, that's not how it yeah. works." <laughs> and so I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, "So she's trying to figure out." Lily's like, "Who the fuck is that?" And so she thinks it's actually Rachel's wife, Holly, which at that point would be not as awful, yeah, as what it mm-hmm. actually ended up being. But I'm just like, did we need the incest? No, no. They could have just been, like, no, close as cousins. Like, yeah. We're only children. So we understand what it means to be, like, close to your cousins that they're basically your sibling. Yeah. So you could definitely, no, like, no, definitely, definitely <laughs> not like that. But you could, you know, be close with them and still band together to win the house without falling yeah. in love. Like, what? Oh, I was grossed out. I was like, that was... It was so bad. Like, I I don't know. I And then, like, Lily goes down to the pantry and, like, there's someone in the pantry and they just, like, scurry away. Like, and it's this, like, dark figure that just runs. And she's like, who would just run away? I know everyone in this house. Like, what is happening? So, it, it's just weird. Everything's just fucking weird. Yeah. 
Yeah, the incest thing <laughs> threw me off, and I was like, oh my gosh. It's the same. Like, and again, so <laughs> I did not, I really don't usually read trigger warnings. And if the book is bad enough, it has the trigger warnings in the beginning where I'm like forced to read yeah. them. I've listened to, watched, and read enough fucked up shit that most things I'm like, okay, whatever. This is just, this was so unnecessary. I know. Well, so I did read the trigger. I did read the trigger warnings on Storygraph, which I normally don't before reading this. And I saw incest on there. And so, like, I knew it was going to happen. But in my head, I was going to be, like, so grossed out because I thought it was going to be, like, Lily and Ronnie, that Ronnie was, like, her baby daddy. Because they kept, like, saying, yeah. like, you know, that she was so excited to see them and everything. So I was glad that that wasn't the storyline, that it was, like, Tom and Sarah, Correct. who I had no, like, emotional connection to. No, but I was like, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. I, 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 I read that and I was like, I just made one of those faces where you just sit there for a few minutes and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was like, all right, what well, is this? I mean, I can see why they, you know, went on a murder spree. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. We told you guys, spoilers. Well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> spoilers. Should we just? I feel like we should just kind of go over who else dies. Yeah, I feel like at this honestly, point, it's just like it's okay. We're just. I'm gonna ditch the book. Here we go. <laughs> We've already so. revealed, you know, that the incestuous <laughs> murders of the house. Yes. So, next person found dead, Ronnie. So not only Philippa. Ronnie's gone too. I just think they're poor child, like poor Samuel. I know. And like Ronnie was like, I have to go tell my son. No one better tell him before me. So that was very sad. Yeah. And then Rachel and Holly dip. They are like, fuck this place. Gotta go. But Peace out. I do like before Bye. they leave, I felt like Lily and them did have a good heart to heart moment. Because, like, I growing up, um, Lily was always closer to Ronnie and Tom, and she wasn't that close to Rachel. And so they kind of had a, a good little moment that they say, you know, wish we would have been closer. Like, we can be closer now. We can have that chance. Um, So I do like that they rekindled that a little bit before Rachel and Holly were like, nope, we gotta, we have a kid at home. We have to prioritize. We cannot die. <laughs> yes. So they leave a note behind, and honestly, up until like the end, we're not sure if they actually are alive because you can't really get off the property right now. But we find out that they were stowed away on like a, a house on the property toward the back, so they're good. And then Lily starts to get attacked. So Lily was attacked or attacked in her sleep and then in the maze. And Gray came to her rescue in the maze, but then Gray was the one who ended up murdered. Yeah, which kind of threw me off a little bit because, like, I did have a feeling it was going to be Sarah, but then I felt like it could have been Gray just because he was portrayed as, you know, this dark, mysterious, quiet peacekeeper that, like, you know, could have yeah easily turned. So I was, like, sad about his death. I was sad about all the deaths. I was, too. And I, I accept, you know. Yeah. It's fine. Well, so, like, I knew it was Tom from the get-go because Mrs. C uh, Castle was like, don't trust anyone, and Lily immediately trusted Tom. That's and that's how I knew. I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. So, right now, the count is we had six cousins with some spouses. Right now, we have three people dead, two gone. So, that leaves Lil Lily, Tom, and Sarah, Mrs. Castle, in this house. That's it. And at this point, my thought was like, so the journey that this book took me on, like partially listening to it and then reading along, I was like enthralled with the story enough to enjoy it. But I was also like, what is, what, what are we, what are we going to do here? Yeah. What's happening? What's going on? But we get to the point where between all of the keys, they're still literally finding, okay, this is what blew my mind though. They are still looking for keys with three dead bodies on the premises it just showed like this whole family is just like fucked up just like so Let's bad continue the game what else do we have to do exactly 
All right, so we revealed Tom and Sarah are the murderers. However, do you want to reveal, do you want to talk about like the the twist at the end and what kind of happens with them? So <laughs> Lily finds out that Tom and Sarah are a thing. And I just feel like if I was Lily, I would just be like, what? <laughs> like just like frozen, just like, um, okay. I think she did. Was she, a little, she was a little yeah. concerned. Oh, but before that, too, so... Sorry, one thing I saw that I think is interesting yeah. is yes, Tom yes, tries yes. to convince Lily that the murderer is actually her father. That there's, like, some... A mysterious outsider that is Lily's father that this unknown man has thinks he has stake in this house, so he came to murder mm-hmm. everybody to win the house. So Tom is, like, trying to convince Lily that that's a thing. You know, I, well, and I just, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I will say, I do, even though the pregnancy trope is not my favorite, I do feel like the reason that she has it in here was, like, to protect Lily. Mm-hmm. Like, people would be less likely to cause harm yeah. to Lily knowing that she was pregnant. But, yeah. So, Tom tries to convince her of that. Tom, Lily, and Sarah... You know, are searching for the clues. It's just the three of them. And the clue leads them up to the nursery where they, like, used to play a lot when they were kids. And I thought it was interesting, mm-hmm. you know, when they were up there, like, Sarah starts, like, just going on a wooden horse and just, like, going back and forth. And I just feel like she it just shows her, like, kind of spiraling a little bit. Um, that she's kind of going yeah. back to, you know, who she was then. Oh, no, I was just going to say, real quick, Tom, like plays the role of the hero by like sleeping on Lily's floor to protect her after she's attacked in the middle of the night and she was attacked by Sarah in the middle of the night and then <laughs> defended by like some masked unknown figure yeah that Tom says he thinks might have been gray and so while Sarah's having this like spiral right they're still looking for the clue so they play this record and like Sarah stands up and she's like in Tom's arms which is interesting and Lily's like yeah like aunt liliana took me and gray to see the ballet me and you and gray to see the ballet and sarah is like not focused on anything and is like stroking tom's cheek and is like well tom likes coffee ice cream and sometimes pistachio (laughs) and like tom steps away and i was like oh this is awkward like when (laughs) before this you know yeah and sarah kind of like steps towards him and is like why are you backing away Tommy we're supposed to stay here forever and Tom is like oh she just thinks I'm gray like you know it's a common projection and then that's when like yeah. Sarah reveals like no I killed them for you and Tom is still trying to like gaslight Lily and being like nope she's trauma bound trapped in the past she must have killed others and saying it was for gray and you know, when Grace yeah. snapped, it, you know, and when Grace started helping Lily, like, that's when she snapped. And, you know, Tom's like, if it wasn't so scary, it'd be sad. That's when Lily was like, wait a second. Wait a second. I didn't tell Tom this. And, he, like, confronts Tom and he mentions the part about, like, sleeping in Lily's room. And Sarah was like, you slept in her room? I'm like, oh, God. And then they were like, oh, it's Tom that was having sex with Sarah. And yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, <laughs> like Lily starts to like walk slowly to the door. because She's like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is going on right <laughs> me? now? And get me out of um, here. She just like thinks to herself, like, keep walking, keep walking. And Lily turns around and Sarah's pointing a gun at her head. <laughs> and at Lily's head. And she, like, basically, Sarah uh, basically tells Tom, like, tell her about us. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Tom's like, she already knows. Like, Lily can figure things out. Like, she knows. Yeah, they're like, we got to get rid of her. We have to get rid of any witnesses. Yeah. And they reveal, you know, like, oh, this is why we got rid of Ronnie and Philippa, they they just knew too much. And Tom convinces Sarah, who's still pointing the gun at Lily, to hand it over because her shaking hand is going to blow a hole through the ceiling to their brand new attic that they're going to win at Endgame House. And so 
He convinces her to hand it over, and she's like, yeah, great idea. <laughs> and then Tom turns the gun on Sarah and shoots her. <laughs> bye, bye, Sarah. Bye. <laughs> and Lily's like, didn't you love her or something? Like, what? And Tom's like, no, no, no. Like, she didn't really, she wasn't going anywhere and didn't really have any ambitions. So she's fine. She's just dead now. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, like, so you fucked your cousin and just shot her? Okay. What in the backwoods? <laughs> mountain range family is right uh, like sorry guys i we did not know that there was like incest in this book before picking it out um it's like, not, like so as we're talking we do not know it, incest like, it's we don't, so you know the murder whatever right but we just don't condone incest yeah so as long as one of the other people shoots the other one that they were being incestuous with it's fine Listen, like, as we were preparing for the episode, we were both like, yeah, like, we enjoyed it. It was fine. And then now we're going through trying to figure out how to talk about it. And we literally can't. No. It's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's fun. It, it was fun. It was a I journey. Was entertained. Yeah, it was definitely an entertaining story. So Tom shoots Sarah. Hi, Sarah. There is a Tom and <laughs> Lily. And so Lily's kind of accepted, like, yep, all right, well, Tom's going to kill me. Like, he's going to have me help him find the last key, and then he's going to kill me. And then Tom also is like, well, you know, we can do this together. You and me, Lily. Like, we could. Let's like, do Tom it. is just so fucked up. Like, I just, like, picture him, like, being, like, that crazy manic episode almost. Just, like, you know. Yeah, He's like holding a gun. He's like, together. Yeah. We can solve this like puzzle together. His feelings for Sarah almost like jump to Lily. Like, cause he's already like accepted that he's gonna um, be with one of his cousins, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I feel like his brain immediately was like, oh yeah, I could totally father this yeah. child. <laughs> like, Tom is also like spiraling, saying, like, we could do this. Like, you have house, I have oh, house. Yeah, yeah. Um, they talk about, like, they confirm, you know, kind of what it's been hinted at about um, Mariana being murdered. And mm -hmm. Tom says that dad killed Mariana, but I've always kind of known that. And Lily's like, what? Like, she said, she describes it as being, like, she feels as cold as if she were in the ice house hearing that. And mm -hmm. so Tom reveals that he saw his dad making fake blood on that Christmas Eve. And said that he was going to do, like, a magic show. And then, like, the next day he found the fake blood, like, running in the sink with a razor. And found out about their Aunt Mariana. Um, just kind of reveals that piece. Honestly, what's so special about this house? I don't... I don't know. That it drives them all crazy. Like, it started with, you know, the aunts and uncles. And then went to cousins. Yeah. I just think that the bloodline, there's something that got amiss somewhere in the family. I mean, we the know there's probably the incest. <laughs> previously probably something something was wrong they find the last like they find the secret room thanks to lily because he's holding a gun to her head and he's like it's your time to shine baby let's do this tom yeets past her as he's searching for the deeds and so lily falls and crashes as she falls she has this like moment of realization and she has the quote-unquote the right key and she says in the bleak midwinter and a door opens in the secret room isabel comes out and is like we have a winner i declare you the owner and tom is like what the fuck so he reaches for his gun there's a cat that comes out and tom is like what is happening then there's a figure that steps out another one Figure bends down and picks up Tom's gun because she knocks him, like she knocks Tom back. And then Mrs. Castle pulls down the hood and shoots Tom in the secret room after coming out of another secret room that's in the secret room <laughs> where Isabel was hiding the whole time. Because <laughs> Isabel was not supposed to be on the premises at all. Nope. 
Like she was gone. Just kidding. She was watching the whole she time. She was there. Uh, so um, Lily wins the house. They call the police. How they're going to explain everything? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> we find out that it was like Isabel and Mrs. Castle were the ones that were keeping Lily safe through this whole thing. And they were low-key breaking the rules because they knew that Lily was going to win from the beginning. So why host this entire murder game when they could have just let Lily not sign her rights away to the deed and just given her the house? You know, and then Tom and Sarah could have been on their incestuous way and Ronnie and Philippa would have had, Samuel would have still had his parents and Gray would still be alive. Yes. So, and it is revealed too when Isabel and Miss Castle are like telling Lily kind of everything behind the scenes. Holly and Rachel are safe. They went to a little cottage on the property and this is also when revealed that um, Liliana's home, Aunt Liliana's home was Mrs. Castle, that they were lovers. Yeah. Lily asks Isabel out on a date. Yeah. And that was the Christmas murder That was game. the Christmas murder <laughs> I felt like we were going to talk about this book for so long. I did too. And then I realized that nothing happens. No. <laughs> Listeners, we need you. Please recommend books to us. Okay, we wanted like, we wanted like a shitty Christmas murder was like our I feel like our vibe for this book. Yeah, I feel like that it happened. It achieved what mm -hmm. I needed it to achieve. Like, just know as I'm reading this book, I am reading it purely on the fact that I knew it was going to be a shitty Christmas murder book. Yeah, just just know that we we knew what we were getting when we walked into this one. Yes. Yeah, we did. And I'm, it was like short and sweet. And yeah, it was entertaining. I think it'd be a fun movie to watch. Yes, it would totally like play out. I would love to see it play out like Clue. Like, yeah, like, very campy. Like I would love yes. it to be just like very, very campy. And I want it to know that it's campy. Mm -hmm. Like I want it to lean into the camp. So. I would watch that. Like I said, I think this is a lifetime produced take on a Hallmark Christmas murder. Yeah. Definitely, definitely fun. Yes. All right. You want to talk about our songs? Let's talk about our songs. I chose Evermore by Taylor Swift featuring Bonnie Vare. And I, oh, I freaking love this song. But for me, like, the lyrics of this are truly about love, but I think that I looked at them in the context of Lily and her mom and, like, replaying that tra time in her, like, the traumatic time in her childhood. It says, I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone and trying to find the one where I went wrong, writing letters addressed to the fire. Like, I think that this is Lily looking back on when her mother died, trying to figure out what she could have done differently. Could she have saved her? Could she have figured this out? And still trying to connect with her mom, writing letters that basically would just be burned away because she's not there anymore. The reason that I picked this was because this did end ultimately in like a weirdly happy ending where Lily says that she's going to move her and Bean into the house and like refill the house with, you know, love and light and things like that. So with Taylor's lyrics, she often does like a few different choruses and then she does like a flip at the end of the like on the last chorus where suddenly the perspective changes or something changes so it says and I was catching my breath staring out an open window catching my death I couldn't be sure I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain would be forevermore so like I pictured her inside of Endgame House just like looking outside at this maze where her mother died and feeling like this pain would never go away and it even says like hey december guess i'm feeling unmoored can't remember what i used to fight for just i don't know i just i it's a vibe song i just love this song and she also in the book too we didn't talk about it much but she did dream of her mother a lot she dreamed of her mom she sometimes felt almost like her mom's spirit was there like her mom's ghost was looking back on her when she's like in the cracks of light, I dreamed of you. It was real enough to get me through. And, but I swear you were there. 
And then the last line where she was like, catching my breath, floors of a cabin creaking under my step. And I couldn't be sure. I had a feeling so peculiar this pain wouldn't be forevermore. So it was like the reflection looking back on Endgame House with her and Bean after all was said and done. And she's like, okay, I know what happened. I feel closure. And now this pain is not going to last forever because we will build new memories from there. So I adore this song. And if you guys have heard this song, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you look up the Eras Tour version of it where she sang solo. It is incredible, but that is why I chose Evermore. I just love it. And I felt like the December, the moody, the winter vibes just fit really well. Definitely. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Top tier Taylor song for sure. So good. So I went Christmassy vibes because, you know, Christmas. Love. And Christmas partner game. Uh, but I chose Please Come Home for Christmas. And I mean, already like the title of the song, and I was like, yep, this is my song because it just felt like Anna Liana being like, just please come home for Christmas. Like, come to Endgame House. Yes. Like, yes. So even, like, right away when it's like, oh, what a Christmas to have the blues. You know, Christmas is, you know, marketed as being, like, this such a happy time, right? And yeah. for um, Lily to, like, go back to this house is just bringing up so, bad, so many bad memories. So definitely mm. she has the blues this Christmas. And whereas I was like, my baby's gone, I have no friends. To me, I read that more as, like, my like family's gone yeah and, like I have nobody right so already her mom died Aunt Liliana died then like all of her cousins start dying so just like she feels like she has nobody and game house is just there to like wish her greetings once again like welcoming her back choirs will be singing silent night just like very ominous to me like silent night you know yes like, and just the chorus right like please come home for Christmas if not by Christmas New Year's night. So just like those 12 days of Christmas, like that time frame right there. Yep. Uh, later in the song, it says, like, Christmas and New Year, you will find a home. There'll be no more sorrow, no grief or pain. Because I'll be happy that it's Christmas once again. Mm-hmm. So it just made me think, like, you know, at the end, like, she's like, okay. You know, I survived this Christmas and New Year. Like, we have a new home, like, for her and Bean. There's no more sorrow, grief or pain. Like, I mean, she's still going to have that grief, but now she has answers. Yeah. Um, so that she'll be happy, like, with, you know, now she wants to be at that house because she knows what happens and she's ready. Or no, she find out what happened, so now she can accept things and move on. Yeah. And kind of have that happiness once again. So, yeah. That's a that fun one. That was my Christmas one for a Christmas book. Very on brand. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk about our book ratings yes mine might may may have changed as we talked about it yeah so like as i'm sitting here and i'm like i rated strictly based on vibes originally but then we talked about it and i'm like i don't think that i can do that i don't think that i can do that anymore yeah So, so if you are new here welcome to the chaos that is music for a book podcast we rate our books in moons and saturns I originally at the start of the season put out a rating system on our Instagram and I have found that we really rate kind of by vibes and Hannah is a much harsher rater than I am, but that's fine. That's why we work. It just, life is better this way. And so (laughs) originally going to be so transparent. I was going to give this thing three moons because I was just vibing with it. Um, Unfortunately, I I feel like I have to knock it a little for the incest after we discussed a little bit further. So I'm going to give this one two and a half moons for the journey that it took me on, the Christmas vibes. It was exactly what I expected it to be with just a little, a little extra that I probably didn't need. (laughs) But it was entertaining. It held my attention. So two and a half moons is what I'm going with officially. Yeah, I feel that. When I ended the book, I was like, oh, I want to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. Definitely, like, hovering between, like, three and four Saturns almost. Mm-hmm. But after reading it, like, talking it back through right now, <laughs> um, it's going to be two Saturns. Just a flat two Saturns <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> you know, that's how we reflect on things. And Yeah. But even though that's with what my this two Saturns, all about. like, definitely read the book, guys. It's not... I mean, yeah, if you just want, like, if you just want pure, very gratuitous Christmas murder vibes, mm-hmm. this is for you. Yeah. So. 
here we are. Here we are. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, um, so we we have our next book picked out, and now I'm scared. So yeah, we our last two books have not not them where we like them to be. But our next one, we are switching genres. We are yes jumping back into romance for our final little festive um, book series for December. Yes, and. Just so you are all aware, we actually have two more episodes left in season one after this. So we will have our next book that we're going to reveal momentarily. And then we will have our season one finale. Every season is going to be 13 episodes for obvious Taylor Swift reasons. So, you know, our, our grand finale episode is going to be definitely different than these ones. But our next episode, are you ready to reveal, Hannah? Yes. You know Going on an Evermore kick, uh, one of the best songs off Evermore is called Tis the Damn Season. So we found a book mm. by the same name. So we will be reading Tis the Damn Season by Kimmy Freeman. Yes. I'm excited for this one. It is a complete 180 from this book, except for the time of year. Mm -hmm. And the author of this book is a major Swifty, which is the reason that we wanted to read it. We saw it on TikTok as a recommendation. So excited to switch some genres and read a holiday romance. Yes. So pick it up at your local bookstore, on your Kindle, wherever you buy your books, um, the library, and read along with us. Yes. And also, if you are listening to this before the end of the season and you have any suggestions for a thriller, horror, cult, any sort of spooky kind of book that you might want to see either as our finale or toward the start of next season, please let us know on Instagram and our Discord, TikTok, wherever you can find us. We are looking for recommendations and we have a huge list, but we love taking Rex from people who listen to our podcast and who kind of vibe with the same books that we do. Yes. So please follow us on social media. Interact with us. Um, we're so happy that you all are here and we look forward to talking about our next book with you. Yes. So rate and review the podcast. We will talk to you all very soon. Thanks so much for listening. Bye everyone. See you later. Ooh.